Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. With me today is Naomi White. Naomi is an executive coach and mentor, leadership advisor, culture change expert, and wellness advocate based in sunny Brisbane. She has over two decades experience as a hands-on senior HR and transformation business executive and advisor to ASX top 20 CEOs. With a proven track record in delivering business turnarounds and business results, she's led large high-performance teams and understands the challenges of leadership and how to get the best out of people. She's also delivered transformational change in record time, been actively involved in mergers, acquisitions, and cultural integrations, driven changes resulting in multi-million dollar savings and united disparate teams behind a common strategy with some of the biggest players in town. Her change philosophy, which I love, is that leaders can't change their businesses without first changing themselves. And if it's not quick, practical, simple, and sustainable, it's not worth doing. And I couldn't agree more. So welcome, Naomi. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, such a pleasure. And I can't wait to get into our chat today because I think that you know, this conversation around, you know, midlife transitions is something that is a really hot topic right now. So, but what I'd love to start with is about making it count. And I'd love to know how you make it count in your world. When I thought about that question, Julie, how do I make it count? What that means to me um, is how do I make the biggest difference? And for me, when I'm working as an executive coach, it's how do I help the person to step into their power and really hit full velocity, really hit their highest potential. If I'm working with leadership teams, it's how do I help them make the biggest impact possible? And if I'm doing some of my pro bono work, it's how do I access every resource at my disposal to help them advance their mission? So it's really, for me, it's about playing full out and making sure that I'm making the biggest difference I possibly can in any given day. I love that. I love it. Now, mastering midlife transitions is our topic today. And you've experienced this yourself, haven't you? So I'd love you to share a bit about, you know, your journey and what you mean by a midlife transition? Sure. Well, why I mention midlife transitions is I work with senior leaders and they're often around a certain stage of life. And so many of them I'm finding lately are in a bit of a midlife transition. And and I think this, this has really been exacerbated by the last couple of years of disruption. You know, people have been normally might have been living this really rich and full, busy corporate life, traveling around on the go constantly. But over the last couple of years with all the disruption, people have been forced into lockdowns or working from home. And it's really required everybody to sit with themselves. And people have been noticing things about their life that perhaps they were ignoring before, perhaps they're not happy with. So, so many of the people I'm working with, even though it's predominantly leadership related, are really talking about a midlife transition. It hits everybody differently, but when I had mine, it really, everything broke at once. 
even the appliances in my home were breaking, which is the irony of it all. But you know, my, my marriage broke up. I left my job. You know, my mother got sick. There was there was all there was a whole heap of things. I you know I'd be here all day if I spoke about them all. But you know, there's so many gifts in these times. Like I work with change. I I love change, and I do a lot of change management work. But nothing could have prepared me for how destabilizing it is when every foundation disappears at the same time. As humans, we think we like change, but we don't. We like certainty and we like stability, well, at least in one area of our lives. So the gift in it for me was um, it forced me to take a hard look at myself and my life and really ask the question around what do I want? You know, what, what wasn't working? What was I ignoring? What was I too afraid to tackle head on? And as I head into the next phase of my life, why do I want to be different? And how do I want to be different? How do I want to show up? Is this the career that I want? Are these the friends that I want? Is this the relationship that I want? You know, is this how I want to look? Is this how I want to feel? And particularly around health, uh, I think that's, you know, it's certainly at this age, health is uh, the most wealth that you can have. Your health is everything. And, um, and certainly wanting to make that a priority. So when I think about midlife transitions and the work that I do, yes, it's predominantly leadership related, but you cannot separate the leader from the person. So how do you make people feel more whole, more content, more fulfilled so that they can actually um, show up in a different way, have more impact on those people around them and have more career success? Yeah. Wow. I'd love to deep dive into that because you mentioned how, you know, pre-COVID, a lot of executives were living very, you know, busy lives and, you know, there's often a lot of travel involved, which you touched on, and um, it can sometimes mask what's really going on, particularly when we're forced to stop and um, think about what's happening in our lives. Do you see that there has been like a sense of grief for what was, like what their life was pre-COVID? Yeah, I think there has been a bit of grief, but there's also been a bit of a, I want to call it a bit of an awakening, I think. Just people are, they can't ignore it anymore. You know, if the marriage wasn't working, if the kids are unhappy, if if the job's not great, if the relationship with the, their leader isn't great, if they're not feeling healthy, if they're feeling overweight, um, if things aren't good with the extended family, there is no excuse anymore. So I think there's there has been a, a grieving process. I think there's been a sense of loss, but then I also think that people are regaining a sense of agency over their lives and they are being a bit more intentional around what they want it to look like going forward. So I think that's a silver lining of this period, really. Yeah, yeah. And thank you for sharing your story also, because I can only imagine how frightening it was for you to sort of lose everything all at once, including your appliances. Was it a long time for you to see the silver lining for yourself? Is that something you had to work yourself through? Yes. I think most people go through their own version of a dark night of the soul at some point, which is when you kind of wake up and start to go into the next stage of your life. So yeah, it was a tough adjustment initially, but not because I was grieving what I'd left behind. I was okay with that. I think because of what it brought up in me around who am I without all these other things? Where am I at the core? How do I refine the version of me that perhaps got 
left behind or diluted or what did I want to be when I was a teenager? Where did I deviate from that path? What was my first true love? Because once you get more senior too, you know, it gets harder to move on because, you know, obviously there's financial cost of redirecting careers, etc. So it was tough. And, you know, I had teenagers in high school and, and, you know, navigating all the stress and strain of trying to get them through that gate as well. But I look back on it now and everything that happened has got me to where I am today. So I'm so happy. I'm so grateful for that period because I am stronger, wiser, kinder, smarter, humbler, and much broader group of friends. And uh, I'm so grateful for the myriad of gifts and opportunities I get in my new life where I have a bit more agency over where I play, the people that I work with, the work that I do, the way that I work, etc. That's awesome. I love hearing that. And it sort of reminds me because when I turned 50, I, I went through that type of journey, I think, where it's like, okay, so I've hit this milestone now. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for my next 50 years what do I want to do? What do I want to be? And I felt like after I'd hit that milestone, it was like I'd lost some of my sparkle, as I called it. And it was like, well, how do I get that back? Because hitting 50 is not the tipping point for, you you know, being old, which I think was something that I was hovering in my mind. You know, when you're young, you think, oh my God, 50 so old. But, you know, and when you get there, you're like, yeah, no, it's not. You know, I say 50 is the new 30. So um, it's, uh, but it was, yeah, just allowing myself the space to, I suppose, to be and then to think about what is possible for me. So what are you noticing when you're working with people in this space, you know, particularly now? I noticed that there is a desire for them to be a lot happier and more fulfilled than they are. I even sometimes get asked, will this help me be happy? And I just think that's extraordinary. I think there is a genuine willingness to be braver and to be bolder with their lives and to be more authentic and a deep desire to be more purposeful. So what's the bigger good I'm making? What well, you know, why am I doing this? Is this filling my heart up or am I just on the hamster wheel? And when they're just on the hamster wheel, unless they can find that purpose for them, it's just a little bit more difficult to keep showing up day after day. That'd be the three core things that I'm noticing most with people. Mm, I 100% resonate with that because through my work with Busy, I find the same thing where people are just running really, really hard and getting to destination nowhere and feeling really unfulfilled. It's like, why am I doing this? And unfortunately, when you get to that stage of asking yourself, why am I doing this? You know, it's um, that state of you've really got a choice. You've really got to do something about it, which is great when people are choosing to come and see you to actually make that change. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. 
I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. Can you give us three tips for people who you are listening and are like, yeah, I really resonate with that. So whether they're going through a midlife transition or may have been through it and thinking, yeah, I probably didn't take the action that I needed to take at that time. Okay. Well, my three tips would be, first of all, this time is about you and creating space for you to get clear on what you want for this next phase of your life. And integral to that is setting boundaries so that you can prioritize you. And not many people are great at that. And women particularly are often pretty ordinary at that. They often allow everyone to breach their boundaries, whether it be their their children, their partner, their job, etc. Boundary setting is something I spend a lot of time on and I've had to spend a lot of time on developing that for myself. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is start speaking your truth, whatever that is for you. So stop shying away from the tough conversations and delivering direct messages with heart is incredibly empowering, not only for you, but also to the person that's receiving it. Thirdly, I would say it is so important to prioritise your health and self-care. So listen to the wisdom of your body. If you're tired, rest. If something doesn't feel right, check it out. And focus on what you're eating. I think this is so important. Our cells regenerate themselves, but the only thing they have to work with is what we put in our bodies. And so think about the amount of processed food you eat. Think about the takeaways. Think about the amount of coffee and the McDonald's, whatever it might be, and start thinking about how can you prioritise your health because what you do now will set you up for the next 50 years. They would be my top three tips. Yeah, I love that. And, of course, you know, number three for me has been a big revelation in the since last year in that either health is your wealth and it's not just in the prevention of something happening but investing in your health in the event if something does happen, that your body is well, that it is um, fit and it is healthy to be able to help you do as well as it possibly can to fuel it to be able to handle whatever is thrown at you because that's something I'm so grateful for is that investment in my health which is helping me now and of course will continue to help me into the future so that one and your second tip with this self-care you talked about not being selfish before do you see people viewing self-care as selfish yes I do Um, both men and women but particularly women but I reframe it's not selfish it's self-full And you cannot help others if you don't help yourself. And it's just so important to set time aside for whatever fills your cup up or re-energizes you. We are only as successful as our habits and routines. And uh, people say, I don't have time to exercise. And I'm like, well, do you have time to brush your teeth? Do you have time to wash your hair? You do have time for exercise. You're just not making it a priority. I don't have time to make a healthy meal. There are so many ways to cut down time and eat a healthy meal, whether it's making a really hearty salad at the start of the week, leaving in the fridge and just 
putting it with a bit of protein every night. I mean, it takes no time at all, but it is so simple. And I think when you're in your 20s, you can get away with eating a lot of rubbish. But you get to a certain age and your body just starts to say, I don't like this anymore. So if we want to ward off all of those health issues that tend to hit in the second half of life, I think we have to take it very, very seriously. And I think from, you know, some of the specialists I follow in their field in holistic medicine, as an example, they always talk about the fact that um, you can have a genetic predisposition to something, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it. And a lot of these conditions are caused by inflammation and a lot of inflammation are caused by processed food or a poor diet and stress, by the way. I'm very passionate about health and when you prioritise your health, other things fall into place. Mm, yes, totally agree. And you mentioned something before about speaking with heart. What do you mean by that if someone's heard that and they don't quite understand what you mean? So if I have to deliver um, a tough message to you, Julie, and I'm pretty certain that would never happen, but let's just assume that I did. For me, it would be making sure that I'm in the right frame of mind to do that, where I only want what's best for you and for me. And I deliver it with compassion in a way that you can hear it. And that's what I mean by delivering it with heart. I would never go into that conversation feeling really irritated or feeling defensive or really triggered. I would go somewhere else and decompress from that before I had the conversation. And I would remind myself that we're all just doing the best that we can and you're doing the best that you can and I'm doing the best that I can and I need to tell you how I feel and deliver it with so much compassion that you hear me and that our relationship is maintained. Yeah, I love that. That is such a great tip because having those types of conversations can be ones that people run away from because they're worried about what the conversation is going to mean. But I think, you know, having that conversation, as you say, with heart, when you go into it with that intent, that's really the only thing that you can control. You can only control yourself. So if you go into that conversation with the right intent, that's really all you can control, I believe. And as you say, when you're delivering it with compassion and that is evident, then, you know, more often than not, it's received in the way that you would hope. Yeah, I think we're actually quite bad at it in Australia. I think our culture of she'll be right, mate, no worries here, really makes it difficult for a lot of Australians to have those tough conversations. But, you know, I love that phrase of Brene Brown where she says clear is kind, unclear is unkind. I just think that's so powerful. If you're not being clear with somebody and then you go and make a decision against them but you haven't told them why, that is actually unkind. So if you pass them over for promotion or you sack them or them, but you actually haven't had the bravery to tell them why. If you tell them why and they don't like it, well, they're an adult. How they deal with it is up to them. But if you don't tell them why, they make up stories in their head and it all gets terribly uncomfortable later. So... I'm very passionate about helping organisations build candour skills in a way that maintains relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Have the conversation early, I say. So, Naomi, what would be your final message to people who are feeling a little lost at the moment but are potentially trying to ignore it, like this is not happening to me. The midlife crisis is not happening to me. (laughs) 
I love the midlife transition. I just think this is the best age. And I read something the other day that we might be getting older, but we're actually getting more whole. And I think that is so true. We're having better conversations, deeper friendships. It's a really lovely stage of life. I read something uh, recently, I think it was by Mastin Kip, and he said, show me your wounding and I'll show you the path to your purpose. And I thought that was so deep and insightful. So if you think about what your journey's been and where your struggles have been, where you feel you've been wounded over the years, that's usually indicative of where you're going to find the most fulfillment and purpose going forward. So did you not feel good enough? Did you not feel like you had a voice? Were you overpowered? So now that you're not, now that you're grown up, then how can you help others through that? And in the particular context in which you operate, whatever your role is, how could you use your learnings and your gifts for greater good? And if you follow that, if you follow your heart and you follow your joy, you'll always be on the right path. What a beautiful note to end on. That's such an awesome message. Thank you so much, Naomi. And thank you for having such a great conversation around this topic. There's so much insight there and so many tips for people to take with them, you know, through what can be quite a difficult stage for many of us. But as you say, you know, if we view it as a gift, there's so much that we can be still doing and giving and how we can make a difference to others. It's such an exciting next stage of our life. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Thank you for listening to today's episode and I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Make it count.